Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast, a drunken, what do we normally say? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast, I'm Charlie. Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast, a drunken, wait, <laughs> oh my god! Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast, I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah and we're two twenty-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode we are going to be discussing chapters 13 and 14... I got that right, I'm so happy, uh, of Chamber of Secrets, and this is a special themed episode. Yes. It is American themed to say sorry for all of the times we've taken the piss out of America, because it's recently come to our attention that 58% of our audience is American. Yeah, and we love you guys, so we're going to be drinking Jack Daniels and Coke. We have some exciting special treats that we're live trying on the podcast. It's a lot of fun, and uh, Charlie has a big surprise halfway through. Yep, it's amazing. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're back. Yeah, we are. Feels like it's been ages again. I know. We, say this we, we every gap. It's a bit repetitive. It's isn't a bit it? repetitive, isn't it? Like that reviewer said. Yeah. All right. Oh. Um, if you can hear some background noise, that's I've sent Neil off to make the room atmospheric and light some candles Hello. for us. Yeah, it's our actual house elf, Neil. Thank you, Neil. I am indeed an elf. If you've never seen photos of me, I'm two feet tall. Yeah, okay, what are we doing first? Are we going to do reviews? We're going to do reviews. So the first thank you goes to Mrs. Pushka, who says, this podcast is what she needed in her life, which I think it's what I needed in my life as well. And she says our accents are a plus. Yay! We Yay. don't have accents. Yeah. We always find this funny when people are like, oh, your accents are amazing. I'm like, I don't have an accent. Yeah. You know what would be a great... Plot twist, if we weren't actually British in this entire thing, it'd be a lie. lie. <laughs> we were putting the entire thing on. Yeah, would be amazing. Our second thank you goes to Pen Plus Paper, who says, enjoyable, but a little annoying at times. I thought we weren't reading this one out. <laughs> we are now. We got a, uh, we got a, a sweet, sweet three-star review. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for that. Basically, they say that we repeat ourselves too much, which, like, probably fair dues. They also say that they want us to be more lucid while, lucid whilst recording, we but, like, no. It's because... coming for the Goblet of Wine brand. I know, like... we're both very, very dependent on alcohol and are never not drunk, so that's definitely off the cards. I'm yeah, very sorry. But, you know, we'll try to edit out the repeating ourselves. We'll try to edit out the repeating ourselves. The next thank you goes to Love to Skate, which I can't tell if if you really love skating or that's like an ironic name but whatever way that's amazing they say the podcast is plain fun that we just love harry potter which we do um it's not the most serious podcast in the world but they make our commute and this was the best thing they said or whilst you're trying to do your expenses it keeps them happy i'm sorry don't listen to us whilst you try to do your expenses please that sounds stressful and you don't need us trying to stress you out even more yeah but totally well done for doing your expenses like good on yep. you is this tony it is tony yep i'm so with it uh so they say great podcast love it every week apparently it's a super fun thing to listen to we're really funny and they're happy to happy to be a patron and weekly listener thank you so much tony tony that's amazing tony. we love you tony. thank you we stand tony yes we stand yes right and, oh, and we have one more thank you to someone who messaged us over on Twitter. Um, yep. It was Molly. Yep, so we actually got this message yesterday and I haven't replied to it yet. We need to reply to it. I was going to let Hannah reply to it mm -hmm. um, because it's so sweet. 
Uh, basically, they just say that we they love the podcast and that they listen to it whilst knitting. And that they're aware that it makes them sound like a old woman, but they're actually 15. And this is such a big mood. So Hannah knits. I do. I um, do and I do cross-stitch, which, you know, so we're, we're old ladies in solidarity. Yeah, we've been thinking about, like, a bonus Patreon episode where I knit and Charlie cross-stitches. That would be really adorable. Yeah. So, just yeah, we complete, love being old complete women. Complete silence. Just watch us awkwardly. Yeah. Craft. Stitch and bitch. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, this is editing Hannah, who has a bit of a cold, so sorry I sound gross. I'm here to make a very quick special announcement that me and Charlie have just had it confirmed that we're attending our very first convention this summer. So on the 6th and 7th of July this year, me and Charlie will be attending DrakeCon, which I believe is the biggest UK Harry Potter convention. It is in Manchester um, and we are going to be performing Goblet of Wine. It's basically some live shows. I believe we're going to be performing six live shows throughout the two-day weekend. Um, we're going to be doing some talks, a couple of chapter readings and a quiz, um, a big old um, Harry Potter pub quiz. I know a lot of you aren't based in the UK but some of you are so if you would like to attend Dracon, um, you can look it up online, it's D-R-A-I-G con um me and charlie will talk about it a lot more next episode when we're together but because that's not out for two weeks i wanted to just come on now just before this episode get released so you can kind of save the date so it's 6th and 7th of july this year of course we know so many of you aren't going to be able to come because you're not uk based or just because um and that's absolutely fine we are going to record everything we perform there and put some of it out on the main podcast and some of it out on patreon we'll let you know lots more about it at the time but i just wanted to let you know to save that date in case you were interested in coming to manchester to see us live and have an amazing day a big old harry potter convention some of the actors are confirmed to go um from the films you'll see loads more of it on our twitter and instagram but this was just the first announcement of it back to the episode so in between the gap of the last two episodes, Charlie left me. She abandoned me for two weeks. I did. To travel to America. And I she's did. just left her room. Uh, you may have seen our conversation, daily conversations on Twitter about lizards. Um, uh, for, for Americans out there, this shocked one person. It just shocked Kevin um, on Twitter. I, I've never seen a big lizard before apart from in a zoo. So Charlie was sending me daily photos of lizards in Florida and I was finding it fascinating. But anyway, she abandoned me for two weeks to go to Florida and kind of in, in celebration of that to eat and drink some of the stuff she brought back and also as an apology to all the American listeners we've offended during the recording of this podcast. So to say sorry and as a celebration, we're having an American themed episode. Da, da, da. I'll let Charlie explain more when she comes back with the cookies. She's bringing cookies, people. Tell, tell us about, well, you, went, you also went to the Harry Potter world i did which you can see all over our instagram story yep there um, was the train didn't go through norfolk big spoiler didn't know and but london was geographically back. not accurate was it the lack of police helicopters circling it was <laughs> yeah Fucking hell, oh and king's cross did not stink a piss charlie what snacks did you bring back i bought milk duds nerds Sour Patch Kids, Red Vines, which I've had many times I've before, had and they're before. disgusting, but had to get them for the very Potter musical Very Potter musical reference. Reference. Red Vines! <laughs> yep. And also cookie dough. So we're going to try that raw, and then I've just been trying to make cookies as well. Let's eat some sound. raw cookie dough. Okay, is that what we're starting with? Or do yeah, you want to start with sweets? Dough. Okay, you want to start with I think. Okay. Are we sharing a spoon? Yay! Yum. 
It says very explicitly on the packet. <laughs> I did not think this through. It says very explicitly on the packet, do not eat raw. Yeah. But fuck the packet. So yeah, that's it. this is worth noting that since our, we last recorded, our lives have once again gone downhill. So <laughs> Hannah is currently injured. Her finger is in a bandage. I almost chopped the end of it off with a bread knife. Yeah, and I'm currently here because there's a gas leak at my flat. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Let's try Cheers. this cookie dough. Oh, fuck me. That was good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, we're drinking Jack Daniels and Coke. Because, yeah, we were trying to think of, like, typically American booze. And it was, like, this or, like, Bud Light. <laughs> Neil's here to try the sweets and then he's leaving. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to bother you for too long, folks. Let's Sorry, all, all grab a handful of nerds. Hannah. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. Three. Oh, God. Shot. Go. Oh, wow. Mmm. Mmm. That tastes bright. They're just as good as I remember. Mm. Milk yep. duds! Milk duds! Candy made with chocolate and caramel. Wow. Oh. Oh. Mm. Oh. It's firm. It's a lot firmer than I was expecting. Mm. Chewy. It's really nice vanilla y toffee. Mmm, that is nice. Mmm. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids. I'm not done! Oh! <laughs> Still going. Oh, that shit good. Oh, that's Ooh. amazing. Hello. That is good. Mmm. That's a bit like, it's a bit like a tangfastic. Mmm. Cool. Red vines. Red vines. Which we've all had before, haven't we? Many years ago, yeah. 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 I just, I all only right. wanted One to try these. I made a friend buy, bring these back from America for me just because of the Ray Potter musical. Oh yeah, same. Okay. Let's... Cheers. Cheers! Cheers. <laughs> we just hit them together like giraffes. They just taste like shit. <laughs> we don't know, just. You've got to really work the flavour out of them, you know? Yeah. Mm. But if you bite off both ends, you use it as a straw. Yeah. Watch. Oh. Fantastic. That sounded like it worked really well. Yeah. Drinking Jack Daniels through a red vine. I don't know anything more American. I like yeah. them. I think the nerds are my favourite. Oh, I was dough. just gonna say to us, like, oh, like, what's our favourite? You've ruined it, Hannah. Sorry, my favourite's the nerds mm. or the cookie dough. Mine is the Sour Patch Kids. I think, I mean, obviously, the cookie dough is heavenly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the Sour Patch Kids uh, might yeah. really On to Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, we're gonna continue to snack on the American food throughout. Um, thank you, Americans, for listening to this podcast and for putting up with us. Abusing your nation. Yeah. It will definitely continue. It will sorry. continue. Until all American podcasts stop abusing England. Yes. Chapter 13 of Chamber of Secrets, The Very Secret Diary. Dun dun dun! Much like always, apart from that one episode, Charlie doesn't have notes on what happens in the chapter, and I can see she has all of, I can't read her handwriting, two notes on the chapter, whereas I have four pages. <laughs> Please stop bullying me. No, you deserve it. I the only way your head still best. gets through doors. I do my best. <laughs> so, Hermione is still in the hospital wing, covered in fur. Yeah. Would you like to be turned into a cat? Like a human cat? Because she doesn't Not like a human cat. Oh, okay. But if I could just, like, be a cat. Like Tess McGonagall. It's like the absolute dream. But just permanently. Oh, permanently. Just all they do is, like, sleep and get fed. Yeah. Harry and Ron are going to visit Hermione in the hospital wing and Ron notices that Hermione has got a get well card under her pillow from Lockhart and this is the first time I think we see Ron 
a little bit jealous. Aww. Because not only does he, first he just takes the mick out of Hermione for having the card, which, fair enough, but on the way back, out of nowhere, he says to Harry, that Lockhart's right smarmy, blah, 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 isn't yeah. he? And from that's jealousy because you've got a little crush yeah. that you don't really understand. Adorable. So adorable. I love this kind of early hint because, like, J.K. Rowling could have taken it nowhere if she changed her mind, but it's nice to have it, like, peppered throughout. Yeah. So Harriet and Ron are walking back from the hospital wing and Myrtle has flooded the corridor again. Yeah. So they go into her bathroom and she says someone's thrown a book at her and you have this whole line about 10 points if you get it through her stomach, 50 points if it goes through her head. And that's just the film, isn't it? No, it's in the book. Is it? Yeah. I didn't read it. Because then Ron finishes the entire scene by going, 100 points if you can get it through her nose, though. <laughs> Which is just fantastic. Yeah. Ron. Um, Ron then tells Harry to not pick up... So um, they see the book on the floor, and Ron tells Harry to not pick it up, and he goes through a list of, like, these evil books, which his dad has found at work, which means that you shouldn't... Harry shouldn't pick up this book because it might be cursed. And one of them is a book which this woman picked up, and it meant the curse was she could never stop reading it again. That's just a good book. But the like, rest are we sure of that your was cursed? Life, the rest of your life, just like, oh, I'm at work. Just like, you could never work again. You're just reading this book forever. Like, do you get to the end and just have to flip back to the beginning? I guess. If it's yeah. Harry Potter, I think I could cope with just it. Just why would someone curse the book like that, though? I don't know. What's the point? What was, yeah. what was, your, what was your end goal here? Yeah, like, that is, like, top level being a prick. Because <laughs> it's, like, some things you're like, okay, I could see how, like, a sadist would get some kind of gratification. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I love booze. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I could see how, like, I say, this would get something out of that. Yeah. But, like, just, like, reading a book, that's not satisfying for anyone, no matter how messed up you are, surely. Ron recognises the name T.M. Riddle, T.M. Riddle, from the School of Raw, of War, the, the, Words. Ron recognised the name T.M. Riddle from the school award he cleaned um, the night he had detention and Harry notices that it must be a muggle diary so the student must be muggle-born because the diary's from Vauxhall Road! If anyone doesn't know, I live in Vauxhall in London. Wow, they're going to stalk you now. Vauxhall's a big place. There's a lot of people here and a lot of police helicopters. A lot. Like, they're here a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know if Vauxhall Road's even in Vauxhall. It's probably not. It's probably not. Ron jokes that Riddle got the Special Services Award for the school for killing Myrtle, which is one of these moments. Have you heard the theory that Ron is, like, a seer and throughout the books predicts all these things? That oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is one of those instances. Like, he's doing his classic Ron thing where he's saying stuff off the cuff. Just like, oh, well, maybe he got, he got Special Services for killing Myrtle. Yeah. He did kill Myrtle. But that's not why he got the special services. No, but Ron's right that he killed Myrtle. But he did get the special services for knowing who did the attacks because yeah. he did them and was able to frame someone else. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Well done, Ron. Ron. Ron the seer. I like that theory as well. I've read a bit about it. Like, all these weird jokes Ron makes that ends up being yeah. true. Yeah, but also, like, it's a book and there's foreshadowing. Yeah. It works both ways. Yeah. There's this kind of creepy line where Harry says he half remembers Riddle's name as if he was an old friend. Ew. Which, like, reading that now, knowing everything, that's really sinister, I find. That's really, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's like, Harry doesn't actually know his name, but 
it's like that thing where something is so important, to, like so significant to you, you just get this feeling around it. But the feeling he got was that Riddle was an old friend who he'd forgotten. And yeah. Oh, that's creepy. I don't like that. Yikes. It's good line because when you read it as a kid, you don't really think about it. You're just like, who's Riddle? And then reading it back, I was just like, no. Yeah. Um, so Lockhart has decorated the school for Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, Charlie. That's nice of him. That's sweet. Um, and a dwarf comes to deliver Harry a valentine. Um, Harry tries to run away from the dwarf because he doesn't want the valentine and his bag splits in half. And I kind of realised that Harry's basically creating a lot more of a scene here than if he just let the dwarf deliver the valentine. Like Harry running away and the dwarf having to catch him and like throw him down yeah, on the floor. We know Harry. everyone turns around. Harry loves attention though. Yeah, Harry's like, I don't want anyone to hear. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, he does. Definitely. He wants everyone to know that he has people that fancy him. Yeah. Or that imagine though being twelve and like having a singing Valentine delivered to you in front of the school. Did you ever have people give you Valentine's Day cards in no, school? No, of course I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh. And we used to have. Did your school have this thing like the rose delivery system? No. Oh, we did. This made the whole thing worse. So, um, like a week before Valentine's Day, there was a table set up where, or, or was it like letters that you gave in where you could basically anonymously give people a rose? Right, hate it. Yeah, and like, it was all meant to be anonymous so no one knew, but there were then these girls, and boys, but there were a lot of girls who would then walk around school like for the rest of the day clutching five roses. Oh, fuck that. Like total like in um, Mean Girls. Four for you, Glen Coco. You glow, oh. you glow, Glen Coco. But yeah, there were these girls walking around who'd got like four roses. And this happened every year. The rose thing was a thing every year and I never got a rose. So the singing poem is very clearly from Ginny. And it's so cute and so gross. His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. I just... It's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> and just so not Ginny. I know. I feel like she hadn't developed her character at this point. Like, I know that she's a lot younger, but... Like, that is seriously at odds with hey. her personality later on. Hey, maybe... No, I was about to say maybe Tom Riddle helped her write it, but she didn't have the diary at that point. Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> but what I really like is all these theories I've seen online, like, Ginny's so in love with Harry in this book, and, like, she just needs someone to talk to about, and the only person she can talk to about is her diary. So, like, every day, Riddle is having to deal with, like, as well as possessing oh, her, is having yeah. her to be like, I just love Harry and his eyes, and he's so brave and wonderful, and he's sitting there like, Fine. Yeah, sure. Like having to write that, like, I know, I'm sure he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when your friend starts like dating someone and just won't shut up about them. Yeah. Which, like, I am guilty of, but it's like that. Only imagine if the person that they were dating killed you. <laughs> <laughs> and you were trying to kill them. Yeah. And you were just having to be like, mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. His eyes are amazing. Just uh -huh. like a toad. Yeah. Draco is teasing Harry about the whole thing and picks up the diary from the floor because the bag's split open. And this is the point where Harry uses Expelliarmus for the first time, not to disarm Draco, to basically summon the diary. It's like this weird thing yeah. where the first time Expelliarmus is used, it doesn't disarm Draco in his wand, it makes the diary fly out his hand and Ron catches it. Yeah, that's kind of really random. It's like, <laughs> she hadn't thought of Accio yet. Yeah, like, and I'm trying to think if there's other points in the book where Expelliarmus uses, is used to disarm any other objects apart from a wand. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, disarm would imply that it's a weapon. Yeah. Which it kind of is. 
Kind of. That's a good point. It is a weapon, so maybe that's but why. But also, I mean, she most definitely didn't do it for this reason, mm. but it is convenient. Obviously, if he had tried to accio it, that doesn't work on the Horcruxes, does it? Or is it just in the context later on that it didn't work? I think it doesn't work based on the protection set around them. I think once you like have it in another sense, so if they when they had the locket like around them in the tent, if they'd accioed it, it would have worked. Yeah. It's just like it didn't work in the lake because of the protection set up from Voldemort so that nobody stole it. I yeah. Think. Maybe. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. But yeah, it's weird that the diary is disarmed. But that's a really good point that the diary is technically a weapon. Yeah. Interesting. But mm-hmm. Harry doesn't know that when he casts the spell. Yeah. And also uh, surely like the Draco would be like, my dad had this. Yeah, he had it in my room the house. Yeah. That's a good point as well. So Harry notices that the ink basically disappears into the diary because when his bag split open, an ink bottle dropped over everything. But the only thing not stained with ink was the diary. So then he starts writing in the diary and the ink disappears. But Riddle starts writing back, which is so creepy. Like, the whole thing is really terrifying. Riddle basically tells Harry to come back in time with him into the diary to find out what happened with the Chamber of Secrets. And this is when I finally solved a question we had a few episodes ago. So do you remember we said, what's wrong? What have you done? I don't want to admit it. Charlie, what have you done? Have you made episodes about the same chapters twice? This is the wrong notebook. What's this? The that last book. <gasps> no! <laughs> Charlie! <laughs> this is definitely a low point in terms of my podcasting ability. Lady John doesn't realise what's happened. <laughs> Charlie has come round my house with one notebook. And that notebook contains the notes for chapters 13 and 14 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. And before we started, I was like, I'm sure that we have discussed this. But then I was like, no, but Hannah doesn't have notes on this chapter yet. She just made them before we started recording. So I was like, no, 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 it must be like, I just think that we have. No, we have because it was last book. This is, because remember, this was my one before, and then you bought me a new one, and now I've been using that. Oops. Don't even have anything to say to you right now. I'm sorry. What do you want to do? <laughs> well, it's fine, because most of my notes anyway always just come up when you're reading through Do you even the have notes on these next two chapters? Like, have you even read them? Fuck knows. So you're just going to bunny hop from me this entire time? I do that so much though anyway, like... <laughs> guys. We're going to do... This is the lowest point you've come to. And next episode, you're leading the notes. That is a fair punishment. Next episode, uh, right, everyone, next episode, I am going to... And we're having the next episode with a guest, hopefully, but I am going to turn up with just, like, the basic funny notes and Charlie can make notes on the plot and hold the podcast together. Yep. That, that is your punishment. Okay, and we're going to do a Twitter poll as well, whether people think I should just leave the podcast and it should just be... <laughs> that would be so boring! No! Don't leave me! But also, do better! <laughs> I'm sorry, but this was such an easy mistake. Admit it. Like, come on. Like, it's a notebook. Okay, so Charlie will now be 
tagging onto my notes the entire time. She doesn't even know if she's read these chapters. I was suddenly just How like... How do you turn up to work and hold down a job? A good job. Well, you you do very well. Because I only have one notebook for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, if you had two notebooks, you'd get fired. The job would go to shit. Exactly. <laughs> you'd turn up to important meetings look. and it's like, oh, look, I've got notes on Harry Potter. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is this is your fault because you brought me the other notebook. What? It was a gift. Yeah, and this is your fault. You should have known I'm not responsible enough to handle two different notebooks. Yeah, but you should have retired this one now. I had in the same basket. <laughs> uh, and it's a fact it took me so long to realise. Yeah, that. we've been recording for I know forty-five minutes. <laughs> but I was looking at <laughs> What were you looking at that you thought, yeah, that does legit for chapter thirteen? Well, because my notes are so vague. But what are your notes for this but chapter? one of them mentions Snape. And then I was thinking as you were going through, I was like, when is Snape in this? Go on, read your two notes. It just said Snape could read minds and I love it when they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, when, like, Snape isn't in this part. Like, surely not. And then I thought, oh, God. Oh, God. I, I was like, it. maybe we have discussed this before. And then I, like, glanced at the last page and it just says... I was like, oh shit. Immediately, this section in the flashback solves a question we actually raised in one of the last episodes. Yes. So one of the last episodes we talked about how, how Hagrid didn't go to Azkaban and how we, like, Fudge and Dippet and Dumbledore must have known that Hagrid didn't open the chamber. Yeah. And that... Like, it, the, he was a scapegoat because otherwise he would be in Azkaban and they were just trying to blame someone. This whole thing basically confirms that. When Hagrid was caught, Dippet put about that Myrtle died from a freak accident and Riddle was given the medal for Secret Service of the school to keep quiet the whole time. So, Hagrid couldn't have gone to Azkaban because they had put about that it wasn't the Chamber of Secrets and when Riddle was opening the chamber, he never advertised it as the Chamber of Secrets. There were rumours... But it wasn't as blatant as this time in the present where they're writing the Chamber of Secrets has been opened once more. Yeah. It was more just like the kids talking about it. So when they then put about the, oh, it was a freak accident, Hagrid's been expelled, it was something to do with the creature, everyone just believed mm. that. Yeah, I mean, it makes very little sense though because it's like, why did he go so hard the second time around? Surely he would have been just as vague. That's like, the thing. Like, why did this time he admit it was the Chamber? Yeah. Maybe because he wanted the glory for what he'd done before and the two things tied together. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that makes sense because this time he isn't at Hogwarts yeah. so he doesn't have that to lose. Exactly. Well, that's then what we get into next. So, Harry's been sucked inside and he lands in Dippet's office back in time. Riddle enters and <laughs> it mentions that he takes off his pointed hat, which reminded me that all of them are constantly wearing pointed hats. Good Let that right. just ruin your image of the everything. Like, does anyone actually imagine them walking around wearing pointed hats? Because I don't. No. That would be stupid. Um, so, from this conversation, um, we basically learn, if you then know the ending, <laughs> that Riddle started the attacks and then ended up having to stop them himself because Dippet says in this conversation, if someone isn't caught, number one... 
Riddle can't go back to the orphanage. No, Riddle has to go back to the orphanage if yeah. he can't stay in Hogwarts over summer. And number two, the school might close. And Riddle, even though he was the one to start the attacks, that was the exact opposite of what he wanted. He wanted to stay in school over summer and he would have never wanted Hogwarts to close. A, I feel like that's quite dumb. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen there? Just going to be like, well, guess we'll just maintain this current course of action yeah. until all of the pupils are dead. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, Riddle would have never wanted Hogwarts to close because A, we know it's the, his first home. It's the one thing he actually kind of loves if he's capable of that. B, if the school closes, there's no one in it to attack. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit pointless. And C... He has so much left in the school he wants to discover. By this time it says he's 16, so we know at this point he's already trying to search for objects, possibly, which could become Horcruxes. That is something he's already after. Um, so he basically has to stop the attacks, and not only that, to be able to make sure that he can stay at Hogwarts over the summer, he has to blame someone else so that they know the attacks have stopped. So he basically shoots himself in the foot massively and like yeah. even though what he does to Hagrid is evil he does it because he thinks he doesn't really have another choice yeah but also it's just really not very smart no like, literally what did you expect yeah what was your end game here Riddle yeah yeah so I just found that like I knew that whole storyline but I hadn't really pieced it all together like that before and now I find it a bit odd yeah Riddle basically says to dip it what if the attacks stop? What if the person was caught? And Dippet's like, why? Do you know who it is? And I was like, no, sir. And then he literally goes straight from Dippet's office to go to catch Hagrid. I'm like, bit, bit obvious there, Riddle, isn't it? That you did know either who it was or that it was you because you didn't even wait till the next day and be like, oh, look, I caught him. You literally walked from Dippet's office to go catch Hagrid. Yeah. I'm like, nice. It's really convenient that he knew about the Hagrid thing. Yeah, it like, is. It's not like they would have been friends. No, but I suppose Riddle was, like, sneaking around the school, constantly knowing things. I guess, yeah. And I feel like it's, like, never something that was really, like, addressed all that much that, like, Hagrid, one, like, knew Voldemort, and then also was, like, personally victimised. Like, raise your hand if you've ever been personally Personally victimised by Voldemort. Riddle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's never, like... And also, like, the whole, like, going to Azkaban thing... He just kind of comes back and then he's haggard and it's like, there would be like PTSD. Do you mean when he goes in this book? Yeah. He does. He does have PTSD. Yeah, but it's never really like... He says in the next book that he can't walk past the Dementors, he gets all cryy and scared. Yeah, but that's like a, like, that's... Like, everyone gets crying. No, I know. But he says, <laughs> no but he no one walks past them and they're like, oh yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> no, this. No, but he says at one point like... About he has to do something and then he's like, I'm never going back there again. Whatever happens, I'll do yeah. I'll do whatever to not go back there again. I feel like it's just addressed from like Harry's childlike perspective. His entirely unobservant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it should be addressed more. Um, what I also like this just crossed my mind. Maybe like Riddle knew about Hagrid's secret about the spider because Riddle was interested in Hagrid in the way to like collect him as a follower. Because we know at this point Riddle was collecting quote-unquote followers they weren't friends they were people that admired him and that could like do things for him Mm. maybe he thought Hagrid is very powerful in a different way to me so if I can sway him under my thing he could be useful to me yeah but no he ends up um getting him in loads of trouble um so yeah they sneak off they watch and wait for Hagrid to come down 
Hagrid said something about, um, we've got to leave, come on, you've got to get out. So Hagrid at this point, because Myrtle has just died, is trying to get the spider out of school, which like helps into probably his whole thing of everyone believing it was him because he wants to, clearly wants to get the spider out of school because he thinks he could get in trouble for it. And like, because mm-hmm. maybe he thinks, I don't know, I don't think he thinks the spider did it, but he knows that if anyone saw the spider, they would assume it did it. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's also weird because like later on we like it's established that like the spiders know what's in the castle and are like not about it. Why was like Aragog chill the first time? Oh, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was constantly trying to get out when Hagrid had him locked in rooms. We know that Hagrid has this thing of like doing things for what he thinks is best, but actually it might not be the best for. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But also slight plot hole little bit um and then riddle tries to like get out of get in hagrid's way and stop and like capture him and the spider ends up bursting out the door running them both over and then just running out into the school and then the scene ends and i'm like cool but what happened next like yeah. where did the spider go who I mean, found the spider the forest surely no it was then just running out into the school up through the dungeons do you think yeah, it just like escaped out, out the, the front door, door? <laughs> was the yeah. door open yeah just like, but like, what would you do? Like, if you were just like in the walking through the Great Hall and a massive fucking spider just ran past, you weren't gonna fuck with that, were you? No, but I just imagine it like got up to the entrance hall and then like McGonagall's just standing there, like, yeah. But also, like, what time is it? Because after a certain time, isn't the Great Hall door like massively locked? Yeah, and it's at night time because Dumbledore says you should be in bed by now. The curfew's gone, so yeah, yeah. it's night time. So where does the spider go? What happens next to the spider? You know where it probably went. Where? Into a bathtub. In Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's how the scene ends and Harry ends up back on his bed. Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Charlie. Yeah. So Harry, Ron and Hermione are discussing how it could have been Hagrid that opened the chamber and say, like, his heart's in the right place, but, you know, sometimes he does make mistakes with animals. So they basically believe it, unfortunately, could have been him. Suddenly, it's Easter... Which again, the, the first few books do this thing where they're like, hey, it's Christmas, it's Easter now. Look, it's Easter. Mm-hmm. A chapter later, it's Easter. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how this, time works. That is how time works. We just had Easter. We did. We had a lovely Easter weekend together. Half a week. Yeah, like... We spent Easter Sunday together. We did. It was nice. It was very nice. It was. Um, they then have to choose their subjects to carry on at third year and after. So they're like optional study subjects. So I it was seems to ask very you. weird that they like didn't have like preview lessons. Yeah, it was just like pick. Because like I didn't you have, do actually no, I didn't have preview lessons for some oh, really? I was, My question I wrote down to you was what GCSEs did you study? Did oh. you choose what were your optionals? Uh, By the way, GCSEs are the so I don't know if anyone wants to know this. The school system in Harry Potter is structured very similarly to the standard school system in England, where you have GCSEs, which are our equivalent of OWLs. And A levels, which are the Harry Potter equivalent of NEWTs. Um, I know that's different to every other country, but if you follow the Harry Potter school system, we basically went through the same thing without magic. <laughs> yeah. So what what were your GCSE choices? Uh, sociology. Yep. Don't judge me, media. I'm not judging you. I just didn't have the option to study that. Oh yeah. Grammar school. Tra- yeah. Textiles. Ooh. <gasps> no, it was idiot. 
Cool, 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 cool. Is that food going so well? Hannah just spilt her drink. Okay, what GCSEs did I take? Photography, I guess that's it. Unless, did you not have to take a language? No, you didn't. We could do a language or media. So I had was able to take less options, and I even had to petition to take a third slash fourth. They were going to reduce our options down. The group I was in, and we all banded together, wrote a petition and got all of us and all our parents to sign it. Which is pretty cool. Uh, so I took art, drama and history. I decided to take two art subjects because um, I did 14 GCSEs. <laughs> yeah, I went to a grammar school. We, I just, they signed this up for all of them and then I had to take a language so I took French. Which was by far my worst GCSE. Yeah. I was so bad at it. There we go, that was GCSEs. Anyway. The gang are discussing what else to take. That's why that tangent was relevant. And I find the British school system weird as well, how you're basically dropping subjects age 13 or don't have the choice to study certain subjects at 13, which then limits like the rest of your life, basically. Like if I suddenly decided I like geography, I was fucked from age 13. Well, you're not allowed to take it for A-level if you didn't take GCSE. Because not were. unless you got special written permission all the way up what? from the department de departmental head. That is ridiculous because... It's not like even like a degree you can study it without the A level normally. Nope. You would you could have done it. I know a few people that did it, but they had to get permission from the department. That is head. ridiculous. Like you don't learn such a level at GCSE that would block you from understanding A level. I, like, I took uh, psychology A level, um, then I didn't do it. At GCSE. Oh well, I took a psychology A level, but they didn't offer it at GCSE, so I went straight in. Exactly. So yeah. it makes no sense. No, I know. I know. Wow. It was weird. But yeah, like the school system that J.K. Rowling is replicating does the exact same thing. Like Harry can basically never learn ancient ruins because he decides at 13 not to study it. Really which is dumb. why Hermione is kind of in the right, where she's like, I want to study everything. Which is why I actually think a lot of the American school system and American college system makes a lot of sense. Because also when they do a four-year college course, you can correct me here if I'm wrong, in the first year of college, don't they like have the option to study everything and then they yeah. become a major? Yeah, they just take courses, I yeah. think. And then, yeah, you pick your major and your minor. You can, and then you can do more than one minor if you have lots of time. Yeah, and it makes and a lot more sense. It makes like, so much more sense. Yeah, and like even here, like you normally, you get so many people that do a year or two of university and then drop out or transfer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it makes so much sense. And like, I applied to university to study sociology mm. and criminology. And then now I have a degree in fashion marketing, so that went well. <laughs> but like when we get to the next level, so what is equivalent to any WTs that the Harry Potter students do, we only pick three to four subjects. Yeah. Age 16, we have to limit ourselves down to three or four subjects. Like when I think about what I wanted to do with my life at age 16, it's so different to now and I'm still only 24. Yeah. Like there's some big problems with the Ameri with the English school system. Yeah. So yeah, British school system and Harry Potter school system, bit weird. Um, Percy recommends divination to Harry because, and I quote, it's never too late to start thinking about your future. <laughs> Is that a joke? I have no idea, but I don't think Percy Weasley is capable of making jokes. And But it's like a double entendre. Like, what? But also, Percy Weasley does not 
he might be the kind of person to recommend divination. Or like study, like can you imagine him, him in a divination lesson? Like, ooh, I see this in the crystal ball. No, because he's like a Hermione ancient ruins arithmetic kind of guy. Yeah, very odd. Yeah, really odd that he recommends that. Um, so then moving on, that bit is just kind of, that bit's prep for the next book. We like do it for a paragraph and then we stop. <laughs> um, Harry's room gets ransacked and he realises that the diary is gone. The next day, it's the Quidditch match. This chapter moves about quite a bit. Um, Harry is walking towards the match and hears the voice in the walls again. Hermione works something out, doesn't say what it was, and runs off to the library. We love effective communication. Thanks, Hermione. And also, this is basically the last time we'll see you this book, and I'm going to linger on it. Ron says, which I think is my favourite line this book, is because that's what Hermione does when in doubt go to the library. And I've seen so much cute merch with this on and it's one of my favourite little quotes. I really like that Aww. one. And also, just because like, Ron just gets Hermione. Yeah. Even though... But They're like 12. Yeah. It kind of frustrates me that why aren't the boys more worried and like more thinking about the fact that Harry's just heard the voice. Muggleborns are being targeted. Hermione is a muggle-born. I'm like, why aren't you running after her? Like, I know they're worried about the Quidditch match and they're really distracted, yeah. but, like, in my head I'm screaming, like, no, run after her, don't let this happen. Like, it's because they're men. Like, men are so <laughs> not inquisitive. Do you ever have the thing say, Charlie's like, very anti-men at the moment. She just had an argument with her landlord and her flatmate. Yeah. Uh, no, but, like, does, like, I don't know, with Neil, for instance. Yes. Does he ever do the thing where he'll come and be like, oh, like, you know... So this happened at work today, or like this is happening with blah blah blah, yeah. and you're like, oh, more detail, or like <laughs> ask a like really obvious question, say like, oh, are they upset or something, and he's like, oh, I didn't, think I didn't ask, and, and you're, you're like, just like, what? Uh? Or it's like something really, you're like, why wouldn't you ask? Why wouldn't you want to know this? And just men are just so not inquisitive, and they're just like, oh, I didn't ask. Yeah, why? That's, that's Harry and Ron in this situation. They're like, oh, I just don't think that Hermione might be attacked, even though she's Muggleborn, and I've just heard the voice in the walls. Yeah, they're really shit. Yeah. Well done, yeah. boys. Good friends, mm -hmm. good friends. Yep. They go out to start the game, but McGonagall cancels it straight away. She tells Harry and Ron to come with her, and they walk into the hospital wing, and Hermione and the Ravenpool prefect have been petrified. Imagine the anxiety when, when she's like, come with, and then they're like, walking. I like, know, I know. They're like, oh. I've read some fan fictions about like this bit because no. we so don't have access to it oh. and it really upsets me and stresses me out because like I imagine so what I imagine is Hermione's so like full of adrenaline she's just worked out that Harry can speak past her and therefore it might be a snake she's going to research it going to research it going to research it works out she's right and then as she's standing there having worked it out she realizes she's muggle-born and she's trapped herself in the school and like the yeah. Oh, I think this is the real moment where we realise that her, this for me is the moment we realise Hermione's a Gryffindor like up until oh, yeah. now like she's definitely portrayed as like she isn't given as much character development as mm -hmm. Harry and Ron like she's definitely portrayed as just like the one with all the answers and then she goes and does this incredibly brave thing and not only that she saves the Ravenclaw prefect like because the Ravenclaw prefect won't know what, what was going on so Hermione must have stopped her Asked her if she had a mirror and then made her walk with her the entire time. Yeah, and like, which again is so smart because imagine if you were like in that kind of like trapped situation yeah. where you felt trapped and hunted and like your brain actually worked enough to be like, mirror. Yeah, get a mirror. Like that's incredible. But then Hermione might not have had it. That mirror might have been the Ravenclaw. Yeah. So it's just like, makes me feel quite stressed thinking about what she must have gone through in that moment. Yeah, but like it still doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, where was it coming out of the pipes? <laughs> Why are just these random oak? 
I think just, I think bits. it was just coming out the bathroom, Myrtle's bathroom, and then slithering. No wait, it was in the walls. Yeah, like it's in the walls, and then know. like if it was like only coming out of the bathrooms, like. I guess that kind of does make sense, but also not really. Like, I thought the snake was huge. It can't fit through a toilet. Exactly. Like, this has always bothered me. Never thought about that. Why have you ruined this for me, Charlie? I know, but like, even if it's coming out of the bathrooms, which still doesn't make a lot of sense, but I could buy, like, a magical kind of, like, squishing down kind of thing, but still that means that then either all of the attacks happen right outside a bathroom, or, like, how would no one be like... Should that snake be going down this hallway? Like, you know? No, I do, I do. It's well, not like it's a short snake. <laughs> it's quite a big snake. Yeah, it's a long That's boy. That's a really good point, because Harry hears it within the walls. Like, we can assume that definitely for, like, um, Mrs. Norris, it came out of Myrtle's bathroom because it was right outside Myrtle's bathroom. But, yeah, for the rest. But then Where is like, it popping out yeah. of? I don't know, maybe like, Colin was found on some stairs. Was the snake just going up some stairs? Exactly. <laughs> Someone would see it. Like, there's quite a few people in Hogwarts. Yeah. Like well, okay. So, Colin's happened at night whilst everyone was asleep. Yep. Justin's happened whilst everyone was in lessons. I think that's the least believable. Hermione's happened when every single person was down watching the match. The lessons doesn't make sense. The lesson one doesn't make sense, you know. No. You'd be like, what's that noise? Oh, well, like, snake. it would slither past, like, a, a, a classroom. McGonagall would be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. It is snake. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Snape's furry again. <laughs> Snape's already in this book. What happened to Snape? You'll notice me you realise I haven't heard from Snape in a while. He's off washing his hair. Anyway, this is Hermione's Gryffindor moment, and I just love Hermione. But now she won't be in it for most of the rest of the book, so bye, Hermione. Um... Harry and Ron then decide they have to speak to Hagrid because another attack has happened. Um, and this is actually the first time the invisibility cloak is mentioned in this book. Harry's like, I think it's time to get my dad's old cloak out again. And I'm like, how have you not mentioned it? This time? Have you just not d- done anything with it in nine months? Mm. Does he not just like sneak off sometimes for fun? No. I guess you could like have a wanker under it. I mean, to be fair, a dormitory is an awkward situation. I I always think about this. So Hagrid greets them with a crossbow at the door. They barely have five minutes to chat before Dumbledore and Fudge arrive. Um, oh, I can't read my own notes. Oh, this is the first time we've met Fudge, and it explicitly mentions that Fudge is wearing a pinstripe suit, which I've realised is, number one, the first mention of a wizard wearing a pinstripe suit, and number two, I was thinking about Fantastic Beasts, and the fact that everyone was getting a bit annoyed about how all the wizard characters were wearing suits with cloaks rather than robes. But Fudge is said to be wearing a suit with a cloak. So clearly it is an option for wizards to wear. Maybe it's like the cool thing. Or maybe it's like the 1920s thing and Fudge was just really into that. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. I just found it... Because I'd always thought, where did Fantastic Beasts get that from? They did just want to make, like, um, Hugh... No, I was about to say Hugh Grant. Who am I thinking of? Jude Law. The Jude Law, just look amazing in a suit. And then I'm like, no way, Fudge wears a suit. Mm. Um, Fudge says that Hagrid has got to come with him. They're taking him out of school. They're taking him to Azkaban. But the way Fudge is phrased... Wow. The way Fudge is phrasing everything, um, it's very obvious he knows it, it isn't Hagrid. And he knows it wasn't Hagrid in the first place. He's phrasing everything like, I'm sorry I have to do this. I've listened to Dumbledore. I have to be seen to be doing something. As soon as we catch the person, we'll give you a full apology, but I have to show the parents that I'm doing something. 
it's just so obvious that Fudge knows this is hot all fake and he's it's also like literally the first time we ever see Fudge he's doing something to please the public rather yeah. than what will actually help yeah and, and that's his character throughout the books yeah and it's really mirrored with later on what he does yeah to thingy shun pike Stan yeah Stan it's total scapegoat yeah yeah it's exactly. just to be seen to be doing something so this is like Fudge's character is all explained here yeah yeah yeah, he's a douche. He is a douche. Lucius Malfoy then arrives with all his hair, and um, he has a notice from the governors to get rid of Dumbledore. So this is all happening on the same night. People just keep walking in. Um, there's nothing they can do. All the governors have signed this. Hagrid basically says it's blackmail, but Lucius tells him to shut up. Um, Dumbledore clearly knows Harry and Ron are in the room, because he then like glances at them and he says that line about... Um, I will remain at Hogwarts until none left here are loyal to me. And I'm like, yeah. Can he see? Like, he can see through invisibility coats, right? I don't think so. Like, maybe general ones, but I don't think Harry's. I don't think anyone can. But how does Dumbledore always know when Harry's in the room? I with think it? it's just. I don't, I don't know, but like in this context, it would be kind of obvious. Like, that they oh. might be there. I don't know. And maybe like at one point, like. Harry coughed, Ron well, farted. To be, no, to be fair, Ron literally says when they walk in the room, that's fudge. Dad's boss. Yeah, exactly. I like to think it's just really obvious. <laughs> fudge is just like, doo, 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 but Dumbledore's like, shut up, you give yeah. yourself away. Exactly. Like, yeah, maybe they are just like making noise and like shuffling about <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Dumbledore's just like, would you pretty quiet? I'm gonna have yeah. to say something. Do you think, like, they're 12? Yeah. You know? Like, what 12 year olds do you know with like much self restraint? <laughs> Yeah. So Dumbledore has to leave the school and then Hagrid also leaves the hut but says if people want to know things they should just follow the spiders. Which, why is no one like, say Dumbledore? No wait, Hagrid <laughs> said that. Yeah. So Hagrid, that's a weird statement. Yeah, do you Hagrid, wanna... do you actually know something? Yeah. Like, do you want to maybe elaborate do on that? Do you want to explain that, maybe? Are you just talking to your dog? Like, yeah. what? I've, yeah, again, with men just not asking questions, they're like, okay. Okay, cool. That was uncharacteristically deep and mysterious from Hagrid. Bye, Hagrid. Bye. That's the end of the chapters. What do you think of these two? Good. I definitely I read them. <laughs> I think quite a bit happened in them. Yeah. No, they, they were good chapters. I'm very, very sorry, guys, about forgetting my notes. Um... Everyone hates you now. It won't happen again. Uh, let's just call it drunken comedy. Right? It was funny. I like these two chapters. I think quite a bit happens. And we only have four chapters left of the book. Mad. Mad. Crazy. Absolutely mad. Mental. Mental. It's mental, mate. Men mental oriental. We're British orphans. We are. <laughs> this is my British orphan voice. Is it all of a twist? Oliver Twist. Please, sir. Can Please, I have sir. some more? Can I have some more? Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Um, if you like this episode themed around something, let, where the food and drink is themed, let us know, because we could do more of them. We definitely can. And let me know if you think that I should just give up and quit the podcast. Don't leave me. Everyone needs you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patron Sandra for her help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes, check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.